You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Reception Perception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. Fantasy drafts are happening right now, man. We are in draft season. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I want to go round by round here with you and talk about some two wide receivers uh, that are very close in range going round by round. Okay. So who would you take and why? I want to start in the first round. Let's say you're in that early to middle part of that first round and you are looking at Cooper Cup versus Tyreek Hill. Who you got in fantasy? Again, this is wide receiver 3-4 according to the aggregate ADP from 4 for 4. Yeah, and I do have uh, those guys in the first tier along with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. So these are all guys that I would consider in the top six picks because I think um, McCaffrey and Eckler are the other guys I'd consider in the top five. Uh, yeah. I would probably take just in order, like overall right now, who I would take. I think it goes Justin Jefferson. I think then it goes McCaffrey and then it goes Jamar Chase. Then it goes Eckler. And then, yeah, these are the guys I'm considering right mm-hmm. in that, that next top five spot. So it's a really good question. I right now have Cooper cup uh, ahead of Tyree kill and Really, it's like I think you got you would be concerned about these two guys for the same reason, which is just the fragility of the overall ecosystem, right? Mm. I think, I mean, if we know the risks with Tua, right? If he if he suffers a concussion, he gets hurt, whatever. Like, I think the drop off from him to even Mike White, who you know, by the way, like Mike White had a, a rocky preseason, and then Skylar Thompson yeah. had a decent preseason. Um, we've just seen the drop off that offense experiences without Tua be pretty extreme. Uh, right. Also, the the drop off of Tua last year coincided with the drop off uh, or the the absence of Teron Armstead almost mm-hmm. almost exclusively all those games that uh, Tua missed. And Teron Armstead is an injury prone left tackle who's an aging guy who who got hurt this off season. Uh, so. That's worth. I, I think there's just a lot of ways that the house of cards can crumble for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, even and if there's an injury to Tyreek or, or Waddle, I think that this offense would look a lot different if they got to drop Chosen Anderson or whatever into that wide <laughs> starting wide receiver spot. Um, <laughs> oh, so I think that's the concern Rodney. with the Dolphins. By the way, the same thing exists with the L.A. Rams too. Um, well, we saw know, it happen Stafford. with the L.A. Rams. I mean, good lord. Yeah, and Cooper Cup is coming into the year after dealing with a hamstring injury while coming off a season ending injury last year. So there's some fragility there with both of these guys. I just think we've seen like even in a disastrous offense last year, Cooper cup still gets absolutely fed in fantasy just because um, his role is so unique. We've talked about that, like the way he operates from the slot, the way he gets layup targets, even if we're not hitting the extremes, uh, the high end of his range of outcomes, like I even kind of think if they got a, if they Stetson Bennett or something had to start games for the Rams, like Cooper Cup would probably still catch 
like seven passes a game uh, just because of the role that he's in. So it's a tough tie break between those two guys, but I, I go Cooper Cup there just a little bit because I think he's slightly – now he's obviously a little bit more injury riddled right now than Tyreek, but um, right. I do think if, if they lose the quarterback, I think – uh, that Cooper Cup's role is a little bit more protected, but it really breaking, really like razor thin margin here. Uh, Cooper Cup first eight games of the season pre injury, he was on pace for nearly two hundred targets, a hundred fifty five receptions, and seventeen fifty through the air with thirteen touchdowns. Now we saw what Tyreek Hill could do over the course of a full season: seventeen fifty total yards, nine touchdowns for Tyreek Hill. He said on his podcast, he's gunning for 2K this year. Uh, I am going to go with the younger, more athletic wide receiver in this one. I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. Um, There is just something about this guy um, with his positive mentality, putting stuff out into the universe. Uh, He just, he gets after it, man. Um, You know, I've had an opportunity to interview him a couple different times and just the energy this guy exudes is, is very unique. Uh, I've, I've done a lot of athlete interviews and let me tell you, Tyreek is is a very unique athlete uh, in terms of the energy. It just, I, man, he has to be one of the best locker room guys. Has to be. You know, I would love to be a, ty- yeah. a teammate of Tyreek Hill because, I mean, we saw it last offseason. The dude's hyping up Tua over Patrick Mahomes for whatever reason. You're like, man, <laughs> this guy, this guy don't care. He's willing to hype up his dudes, man. Uh, anyways, uh, I'll go with the younger, uh, more athletic. Uh, Tyreek Hill, the injury to to Cooper Cup, uh, just the I guess the cascading effect of those injuries does have me a little bit worried. But you're right. I, yeah, I mean, fair. we're splitting hairs here. We're we're absolutely splitting hairs. Uh, both would be absolutely fantastic. You don't you don't feel bad if you're in the three or four spot. I don't feel bad taking either Tyreek Hill or Cooper Cup, even if you pass on running back there. I, I don't feel bad about it uh, at all. All right, we go into the second round now. Um, this one's getting a little crazy here, uh, but uh, how about Chris Olave versus Devontae Smith? Again, wide receiver 12-13 according to 4-480P. Olave last year, 119 targets, 72 receptions, uh, 10-50 through the air and four touchdowns. Devontae Smith, 136 in terms of targets, 95 catches, 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns. We've seen Devontae Smith put together a great season, yet Chris Olave going slightly ahead of Devontae Smith in recent drafts and I'm with that too I have uh, Chris Olave ranked slightly higher than Devontae Smith pretty simply because because he's the one on his team uh, I did the same thing with Jalen Waddle, where you know Jalen Waddle is a great second fiddle but I do think he mm-hmm. is a second fiddle uh, to even if he's a 1b receiver he's still the 1b in that duo same with Devontae Smith I think even if you think he could be a number one and I think when we talk about the number two receivers in the app, like number two, one B receivers. Um, I I think that like Devontae Smith is actually the best player there, but Chris Olave is a one. He's the one for the new Orleans saints. And he's a truly great player. Like we've talked about him on the show so often um, that the historical indicators that he has for terms of his ability to beat man coverage, you know, that's super important. Um, I just think he's on like a star trajectory, uh, superstar trajectory. He's going to join that club this year. Uh, I was tempted to put him even at the bottom of tier two in my Ooh. rankings, along with like St. Brown and, and Garrett Wilson. It's just, um, you know, I think that there's uh, just a small tiebreakers there. I love Olave, man. I think he is, again, if, if he has a top five season this year, I'm not going to be surprised just because um, 
he's really that good. And and Derek Carr, again, I think saves the floor. I think it saves uh, – it gets Chris Olave more involved in the short to intermediate area. We want him running more of those routes than he was last year just from like a, a, a consistency uh, and high statistical impact game standpoint because we know he can rip it deep, and I think Carr will – be a little bit better than Andy Dalton at pushing him the ball downfield vertically as well. So I love Chris Olave, man. I, I he has been a great second round pick to me. Yep, uh, Chris Olave, seventy five point eight percent success rate versus man coverage. Matt Harmon, this guy was top ten as a rookie in twenty twenty two in terms of success rate versus man. Can you talk about how rare is it to see um, somebody again just kind of break that mark? approaching 76% as a rookie is is pretty tough to do. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean, we've seen guys like Tyler Lockett do it. Uh, we've seen guys uh, like obviously Justin Jefferson do it. Those are some, uh, you know, historical rookies that that get to that level and, and they go on to become great players, of course. Uh, you know, I, and I really think like Chris Olave's rookie season was that good that, that I, and I think that he is, he's in a perfect situation too, because I think the Saints offense has just enough around him to keep, yeah. you know, defenses honest, right? Like their tight end room is kind of sneaky, um, stacked. Do you see, uh, do you see Jimmy Graham turning the clock back last yes! night? Uh, what the hell? <laughs> Caught a touchdown? <laughs> <laughs> yeah by the, just by the way not only is he old not only you know did he miss the game for a year or whatever it was the guy comes in like literally not just off the street but out of a jailhouse like what the hell this dude got arrested a couple of weeks back like what the hell he's out here just yeah, catching touchdowns right. what's going on with jimmy Graham? i don't understand it, this yeah. is crazy i know i was that i and when he signed a, bu- a bunch of people were like wait is this a one year or one day like to retire as a saint <laughs> <laughs> but that tight end room is kind of sneaky stacked. If Jimmy Graham can give Crazy. them anything, because Juwan Crazy. Johnson's intriguing. Foster Moreau, yep. they brought over on a contract. You obviously play with Derek Carr in, in the Las Vegas Raiders. You yeah. know, uh, the running the running back room has a ton of names in it, uh, especially oh, once yeah. Kamara gets off suspension. And, yep. and like, you know, we've talked about Michael Thomas. I'm not bullish on Michael Thomas this year, but if he can play and be a complimentary piece, it gives him an option. Rashid Shahid gives him an option. A.T. Perry yep. is interesting to us as a developmental X receiver. But like none of these guys are going to come close to competing with Chris Olave, who could see like a 28% target share in this offense this right. year because he's that level of player. So I think he has top five receiver upside, whereas I think Devontae Smith, like an injury would have to occur uh, for him to have top five receiver upside. All right, we go into the third round now, okay? Uh, Calvin Ridley versus DK Metcalf. Wide receiver 15-16 in terms of ADP aggregate from four for four. Ridley obviously did not play last year. DK Metcalf, 141 targets. 90 receptions, 1050 through the air, and six touchdowns. Very, uh, pretty, pretty solid performance from DK. Nothing, you know, it's not a magical season by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but certainly with his athletic profile, I mean, forget about the RP profile, just from the athletic profile, Matt Harmon, you would think, okay, this guy could be an absolute stud and a beast. Calvin Ridley, though. Man, he has been firing up draft boards uh, the more we see him in practice. Yeah, and you know he, for a while there, was going around wide receiver 19. I've had him, since I put rankings out, at wide receiver 13. So I've had him way ahead of consensus. Yeah. Um, he is the headline player in the receivers ranked ahead of consensus on the uh, 
website right now. Note, some of those guys have been creeping up of late. So there, there is that. Um, <laughs> DK Metcalf, I do have ranked in a pretty good range. Wide receiver 17 for me. Um, but I've got him back-to-back with Tyler Lockett. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and, and I, that, I think that's the biggest problem here for DK is that like from a usage standpoint, um, you know, first read target standpoint, yeah, they usually go to DK first because he's the X receiver. But like end of the line results, mm-hmm. Lockett and Metcalf always end up real close to each other. If if not, right. like Lockett a little bit ahead. You know, JSN's banged up right now. He's eventually going to be a part of this equation. I think he's going to demand targets in that slot receiver role, like the layup target of this offense. You know, and again, I think they'll, they're not going to push the ball and be top five in terms of pass attempts, even if it would be cool with this receiver core. So right. I think DK, it's just those teammates being a little too close to him makes me nervous, which is, and I have, like I said, I have Ridley obviously ranked five spots ahead of Metcalf. I think he's just in such a great spot. And, and look, I know he's he's been away from the game for almost two yeah, years now. That's what I'm saying. But the player that we remember, and this is something we've harped about it on a ton. 76.5%, 76.4%, excuse me, success rate versus man, 87th percentile. He could beat he could yeah. be the X receiver and beat press coverage, the ISO receiver. The Jags just didn't have a guy like that last year. And based on preseason usage, like there's gonna be a gap, I think, between Ridley and the other guys on this roster. You know, Christian Kirk's not yeah. even playing in two receiver sets. Um, crazy and i think kirk will be fine i think zay jones will do his thing i think evan ingram will end up being fine but calvin ridley and trevor lawrence have that's been the top target and i think it will he will be the top target for this team in the regular season so um yeah give me calvin ridley ahead of dk metcalf and 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 i think he's i think at his peak ridley was a better player than dk metcalf and if he can get back to that peak um, and that's no shade to DK Metcalf, who I think is a, sure. a wonderful player and someone that I said is like a fringe top 10 receiver in the NFL a few months ago. So I just think Ridley's in such a good spot this year. Um, the alpha on that team, uh, whereas I think Metcalf will be – and I love drafting Metcalf this year. I just I like drafting Calvin Ridley quite a bit more. I just think Calvin Ridley is – the riskiest pick that you can make in like the top like fifty picks, you know what I mean? Because you just but can you, you just can you tell me know? why though? Like I, the, I I get that we have it's risky because we haven't seen him, but nothing this off season has suggested like oh this is risky, right? There's been no no indication in preseason other than he got his ass kicked on a run block play one time, but like there's been no, (laughs) (laughs) there's been no indication that he Uh is rusty. Like he's been great training camp. Yeah. Oh, he looks sharp. So I'm kind of like, what's the risk at this point? Like maybe he gets hurt. That would be it. I think offensive integration. We don't know what the, again, we're projecting that he's going to be the absolute alpha uh, on this team. But again, I think there is something to be said about the fact that guys like Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram are there and have a year under their belt with Trevor Lawrence. I think there is something to be said about that. Um, and again, does the, does the, will the volume justify, um, again, a nearly two year layoff? Uh, cause there's going to be some rust, you know? I mean, I, I agree. Look in shorts, the guy looks freaking fantastic. He looks awesome. He looks super sharp. He's cutting all over the place, man. Um, I mean, he looks razor sharp, bro. Uh, But that being said, listen, it's a two-year layoff, man. (laughs) You know, I mean, there's got to be some football rust, man. Like, look, I'll put it to you this way. I think it's a disrespect to the game to say that this man can walk in off the street after nearly two years off and just still be a dog. You know what I mean? Like, so I just think, look, I I think he will eventually get there, but how long? 
will it take for him to get acclimated? And if we're talking about season long, maybe you don't care, but you know, hey, listen, when we're talking about fantasy football, you got to start winning games early because we know the teams that start one and three in fantasy football rarely make the playoffs, right? It's hard. It's really hard to make the playoffs when you're in that hole. So you want to win two games, at least two games in the first four weeks. Now, if we're waiting for Calvin Ridley to make that happen, that starts to, again, add to his risk factor, add to his risk profile. That's the only reason I'm, I'm, I'm with you a thousand percent. By the time we get to week 10, I think Ridley's going to be off the freaking chains, boy. But you know mm-hmm. what? The first maybe five, six weeks of the season where, again, these other guys have built that nice little chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. Well, I don't know. I- I'm just I'm just saying I just don't know in the first like four or five weeks of the season. It, totally fair, by the way, to back up your point, And I've ha- hammered this a ton over at Yahoo this year because I think fantasy content has gotten way too and you know it's because best ball is popular and people want to win like you know more money than God playing best ball on on, <laughs> yeah, on yeah, certain yeah. platforms and I right, totally understand right. that but I think fantasy it's seeped into all fantasy content it's like the weeks yes. that matter the weeks that matter is the end of the season but you're so and it's true like that's the weeks we really do care about because we want to win playoff games and all that stuff but you're so right um, this is from my blueprint piece that I've talked about over there if you get off to a fast start, it's just, you know, you know, it's, you know how it's easy to win in, in December and, and all that when it matters. If you come in and on a, on, and you're riding high. Yep. Last year right. on Yahoo, 87.1% of the teams that started five and zero made the fantasy playoffs four and one 71.8%. Wow. Once you get down to three and two, it's completely 50, 50. Like it could go either right. way. 50% of the teams made the playoffs. And if you were two and three, it was way lower. If you were obviously, if you were one and you know, one four, it was like you had very, very, very little chance. So, right. Um, I mean, it, again, it's like, but, and, and it, it's even like even a smaller sample though, right? Like you're going five games. I'm saying even four games, you start one and three, bro. Like how many leagues have we been in? You start one and three, you are in trouble. And, and it's, and it's like, you can't have that patience. That's the problem. Nope. You can't have the patience. You got to get on your horse and really start managing your team. That's where it gets really tricky. So I, I don't know. That's the only reason I have hesitation with Ridley. I think we know what we're going to get with DK Metcalf. I think we know 1,100 yards. You could bank it. You know, six to eight touchdowns. You could bank it. Um, and, and again, just with Metcalf, it's just, man, you, you just, you're getting that almost guaranteed production in the third round. That's the only reason I say um, I have a little bit of pause. Now, that being said, man, I, <laughs> I'm saying all this, Matt, and I'm still going Ridley. I'm still going Ridley because I'm, I'm going to chase that upside. <laughs> I'm a yeah. psychopath. I love the upside and, and I want to chase it. But but again, I, he does come with some risk. Uh, Dwayne McFarlane points out, um, like we're talking about, is he going to be that alpha? It's five. Trevor Lawrence has played five drives in the preseason. On those five drives, Calvin Ridley ran 100% of the routes, 31% target share, 39% air yard share. I don't think wow. it's going to look like that wow. all the time in the regular season because, yeah. of course, hey, like this is a real game. Like These guys, let's let's simulate it a little bit, right? Yep. Um, once we get the regular season, I don't know that he's necessarily going to have a 31% target share, but if preseason is any indication, I think the path for Ridley to be an alpha um, is quite clear because, like, yeah, Zay Jones is a – fine player i think christian kirk is somebody i was you know higher on last year than most but he's still a yep. not a number one right i think ridley right. at his best is a number one by the way can we just talk about how how much that actually is a good sign for trevor lawrence that like he's elevated these guys to actually being relevant players i saw i saw an account uh tweet out the jaguars offense and said um 
you know, and, and they said, like, look at all these pass catchers that Trevor Lawrence has. And, they, and it was Ridley, um, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram. And I'm like, do you realize that three of those guys were are completely irrelevant without Trevor Lawrence? Like, he elevated those guys to the point where they are relevant, where people are like, oh, my God, Trevor Lawrence actually has a good cast of, of pass catchers. It's like, I'm not saying they're bad, but... I'm also not saying they're great. You know what I mean? Trevor Lawrence did the work, boy. Like he absolutely flexed on these guys uh, and and made them, elevated their games, made them better players uh, than I think the the general populace would consider them to be uh, in that offense. So I I just, again, I was so impressed with what Trevor Lawrence did last year. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just also look this up. If you if you start one and four, you got a ten percent shot to make the playoffs. So yeah, please. Oh. If, if you if you listen to one thing we say here, don't just forget about the early part of the season. Don't forget. About yeah, that. that's correct. There you go. Uh, all right, so we go on to the fourth round now, Matt. Um, and again, this is where it starts getting pretty spicy. How about DeAndre Hopkins versus Christian Watson, the wide receiver twenty one and twenty two according to aggregate ADP on four for four. Nuke through nine games last year was on pace, on pace now for one hundred eighty one targets, one hundred twenty one receptions, thirteen fifty four through the air, and six touchdowns. We know Watson got off to a really slow start, but that middle portion of his season was really impressive had those seven touchdowns um in in terms of closing out the season and i got 66 targets total 41 receptions and 611 yards again that doesn't look impressive but just that middle portion of that of that season where we're like whoa this christian watson kid has has figured something out uh and he absolutely looked like a a huge gazelle just catching footballs out there who you got Uh, this one Technically, like if you're looking at my rankings, I have DeAndre Hopkins in a different tier than mm. Christian Watson, where I have uh, uh, Hopkins at the bottom of tier three, wide receiver 23 overall, and I have Christian Watson in tier four. So technically, I mean, the answer here should be DeAndre Hopkins. Right. However, and I do think I like that. just if you're just if you're just saying like straight up, yeah, I think I'd rather have DeAndre Hopkins, who's probably going to project for a higher target share who's Mm -hmm. a bit more proven of a player. And even if Ryan Tannehill's like, you know, not an elite solution to the position, he's certainly a, you know, a guy that we know who he is and we know he can get the ball to a top target in DeAndre Hopkins. And I do expect DeAndre Hopkins, especially with Traylon Burks a little banged up to start the year to clearly like dominate targets early. However, I think this one is very team sensitive. Like it's very team build sensitive here where if you take, Let's say, okay, you, you, this is the fourth round, right? And, and in the first three rounds, you've taken two receivers. You've yeah. taken um, – maybe you are maybe you were somewhere on the turn, right? And you took like a Steph Diggs and Garrett Wilson. By the way, what a start. You know, to cool. Steph Diggs, Garrett Wilson. You've taken something like A.J. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, the A. Brown boys. You know, you've done that. Like yeah. you, you've yeah, got yeah. something like that going on or maybe even – maybe even right, you, you're somehow got like – you know, Justin Jefferson, then back half of the round two, you took Chris Olave. 
I don't really think you need to be messing around with DeAndre Hopkins as your third receiver um, okay. because you've got two bankable guys there. Uh, even even in the fourth round, if like, yeah, I've got Hopkins ranked higher, I think I'm okay with – the fourth round is still just – it's a little early for Christian Watson to me. So maybe I'm still going to – yeah, just sit here and say take Hopkins. I think he just projects better, and I think he's still got enough left in his game to be a quality top target on a team. Yeah. Um, Watson, though, does have – that like all right if he's my third receiver he's he's potentially like i'm all like exposed to the upside and a little bit insulated from the weekly downside that i think will be present with christian watson so i think that would be the scenario where i'd consider watson even though again just from an overall perspective i do have hopkins ranked higher and in a separate tier don't you feel like the vibes around the volume share for Watson are just all off right now? You know, we're talking about Jaden Reed earning out, uh, carving out a, a good role in this offense. Romeo Dobbs has apparently built a nice little chemistry with Jordan Love. I'm not seeing a lot of, oh, Jordan Love is really targeting Christian Watson takes on Twitter right now. And what we saw last year, we talked about in our, I think our previous podcast was the fact that Aaron Rodgers, again, touchdown or checkdown, that 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 vibes real good right, with yeah. Christian Watson. Is that what Jordan Love wants to do? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So that's why I, I'm a little bit. I'm, I, I I see the I see the upside with Watson. It's certainly tantalizing. You know, you talk about size speed combination. Obviously, X receiver. I should be all over this dude. I like the upside. There's no question. But right now, as we sit here today in late August, I just feel like the vibe, like the volume vibes surrounding Christian Watson are just off, man. Um, and he's going to be one of these like splash play dependent type players. And and you're so right in terms of team build, you know, um, if you're chasing the upside. Yeah, OK, I, I could see Watson, but I, you got to think week in and week out. Nuke just gives you a better floor. And to be honest with you. Because of the volume in, in full point PPR, I even wonder, is Watson's ceiling that much higher than Nuke on a week-to-week basis? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I think that's a fair question. And um, yeah, I, I think all your points are, I wouldn't say it's even just the vibes with Christian Watson. It's just with all these other guys emerging, you know, Luke Musgrave is run as a clear starter and is a talented player as their rookie tight end. Um, you know, I I think it's worth just asking if like, yeah, Christian Watson tops off as like a 21% target share guy instead of a 25 or 26 or something like that. Where like, I think nuke is almost certainly going to be like a 25% target share guy oh, in an offense. Yeah. that's going to run the ball a lot, but the Packers are going to run the ball a lot. So um, yeah, I get, I mean, look, I wouldn't fault anybody for just being like, I'm going to not take the older guy or whatever, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think that, yeah, that, that's the concern here with Watson is just that these, I think his ADP suggests like he is going to blow everybody out of the water from a targets perspective and um, his targets will be the most valuable on the team. There's no doubt about that. And I think he would right. still be the most targeted player on the team because I think he is right now the best receiver on the roster. But still, the, that dom dominant target share is a little bit more questionable than it was. Well, even if it is 21, 22%, you're right. The targets that he's going to get are more valuable because of the, the air yards that are mixed in. Uh, but that being said, the conversion rate on those type of targets is also a lot more difficult uh, than I think some of the layup throws that Nuke is going to get. So, you know, again, you're really balancing some of this stuff out. Like, uh, you know, I, I, the other thing about Christian Watson too, it's like, and I'll ask you this straight up from an efficiency standpoint, can this guy be a, you know, 65, 70% catch guy 
um, you know, given, you know, given the routes that he's running and, and given what the routes that he is good at running has to develop, has to develop on those like base NFL routes against man coverage, like slants and digs and, and, and curls and stuff like that. That has to happen for that to be the case. All right, we go on to the fifth round now. Drake London versus Tyler Lockett. Uh, I feel like this is going to cramp your brain here a little bit, Matt Harmon. Yeah. You love both these dudes. Wide receiver 25 and 27, respectively, um, on 4480p. Very, very close in range. Um, Drake London, you know what's funny? Both of these guys saw exactly 117 targets each last year drake london a little less efficient lockett one of the most efficient players in the nfl but drake london 72 catches for 866 and four touchdowns tyler lockett 84 catches 1033 and nine touchdowns in 2022 drake london versus tyler lockett uh i'm trying to see the pretzel unwind in matt's brain in real time right now what are we going with here pal yeah, I, I actually have both of these guys ranked ahead of consensus. So um, if you are uh, using my rankings, you're probably going to be able to draft both of these guys. Yeah. Um, so just just because uh, I have them ranked so much higher than than where they're going, um, you know, I've got London, like you mentioned that that twenty five twenty seven ADP. I've got those guys at least five spots for both <laughs> both players above where they're going right now. So you can conceivably yeah. get both. Um, however, uh, the guy I do have ranked higher is Tyra Lockett, um, mostly because, um, you know, I, I, I think he just is why well, talent wise, we know he's great. I think he's, he's really good. I have less questions about his overall offensive ecosystem than Drake London's, right? You know, if yeah. Drake London was right. playing in the Seahawks offense with, with Drake or with Geno Smith, I think I'd feel really good about it. We know Derek Klassen's Desmond Ritter profile wasn't ideal. It was only a four no. game sample. And, you know, he mentioned that it, those la- like looked better in the last two games in the first two games. I think that's pretty much to be expected. Similar to what we said about Brock Purdy, like the lot more he plays, right. the more comfortable, the more he sees uh, mm-hmm. uh, that stuff can get better. But yeah, uh, I do think for sure that there's just the overall ecosystem in Seattle is a little bit better. Um, and, and Lockett's a great player. So I have him ranked ahead of Drake London, although uh, ranking like ADP wise, London goes a, a ahead of him. So again, you can conceivably still get both of these dudes and that's perfectly uh, viable. But I, I do think I'll go uh, Tyler Lockett slightly ahead of Drake London. And by the way, the JSN injury helps that even more now, right? You know, cause yeah, JSN that's true. Might- Mm-hmm. might start the season slow. He might not play the first couple of weeks. You know, that's only right. going to help Lockett's case to get off to that hot start we mentioned. Uh, we talked about uh, some of the ADP madness in, in a previous episode in regards to both of these players. Uh, but according to Yahoo, Drake London is uh, 50th overall. Tyler Lockett, 43rd overall. Uh, the highest of the major um, ADPs. ESPN's got both players in the 70s. NFL.com has uh, Drake London, 66, and Tyler Lockett, 73. And CBS is the least bullish on Tyler Lockett. They've got him ranked at 84 overall, and they've got Drake London in uh, at number 70. So Yahoo, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, Yahoo has uh, both of these players ranked well I mean, well ahead of consensus, uh, probably, you know, about on average 20 spots higher uh, than you would find at some of the other spots. 
So maybe you can't get both of them if you draft on Yahoo. And and I would love for you personally, <laughs> professionally, I would love for you to be drafting yes. on Yahoo. Just, you know, obviously 100%. that would be great for me and uh, and the future of my career. That'd be awesome. So, uh, but yeah, in, in that scenario, you might not get both of these guys. But yeah, I, I'll give the slight <laughs> edge to Lockett here, um, but it is very yeah. slight. All right. There like you literally, go. actually, uh, they're, they're, they're 18 and 20 in my ranks. So they're very, very close. Uh, I love it. All right. So there you go. Um, so five rounds through, if you've got more, you know, uh, you know, conundrums at the wide receiver position, obviously don't hesitate to hit up myself or Matt Harmon on Twitter. Um, I, I, I always hesitate through Instagram because sometimes I just don't see those DMS, but that's okay. Anyways. Yeah. Don't do that. That's all right. Get in the discord. We have a discord. That's where you can reach me easy. Yeah. Discord. There you go. Um, by the way, receptionperception.com. You can find all these player profiles. I thought it was interesting. You know, uh, we released uh, a lot of this um, video content based off the podcast on Instagram. Uh, shout out to our, our, our stellar social media team, uh, by the way, who has been such a great uh, boon for us. But anyways, um, uh, I've seen a couple of comments here, Matt. Where did you get those stats? And it's like, buddy. It's off of receptionperception.com, okay? So if you hear us talking about, you know, success rates versus man coverage, success rates on slant routes or dig routes or whatever it might be uh, for the quarterbacks and wide receivers, that's where it's all coming from, man. These guys, these boys, Matt Harmon, Derek Klassen, they're charting their asses off, man. So all that, all, all that data is just available on the website, receptionperception.com, if you want to go check it out. That would be very much appreciated. Okay, so there you go. That's the show. Um, man, we are here, Matt. I mean, we just went through five rounds with, with wide receivers, which I thought was a good, fun exercise. But, man, draft season is upon us, boy. Yep. Yep, it's it's so close. I mean, this time, I can't believe that this time next week we'll be doing week one prep. Like, Woo! Talking about the games. So Let's uh, it's go. Crazy. It's, good, it's a good time to be alive. All right. There it is. Uh, all right. So that's our show. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening. If you could subscribe and rate the podcast uh, wherever you get your favorite shows, it would be very much appreciated. All right. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We are out of here. And remember, it's never too late to chase your dreams. All right. Peace. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 